Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. I'm your host, Blake Rasmussen. I was just talking about how badly I beat Stephen Draft the other day. Crushed it. Crushed, crushed me. Crushed. Crushed me. But we're joined by a far more interesting guest. Yes. Gavin Verhey. Uh, he's here to talk all things pre-release. Because, so, in case you didn't know, it's coming up this weekend for Ravnica Allegiance. It is this weekend, yeah. the Ravnica Allegiance pre-release. And a, pre and a pre release is always one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah. Like, you have to go in, try out the new set. No one else besides us have really played it that much, <laughs> right? And you get to just see the new cards for the first time, get your hands on them before anybody else, and it's a blast. So yeah. It's a good time. And so this stream, we're going to be doing basically kind of a live version of your pre-release primer, which he right. writes every time. Um, so if you are an established player, if you've been playing for a long time, you've been to dozens of pre-releases, this show probably isn't for you. We're Although, welcome to stay. We are going to build a, a deck later on. We are so. going to build a we are going to build a sealed deck on Arena uh, later in the show. So that's fun. It's always fun to open packs, and we're going to use my account. So you know nobody else is losing anything, just me. Um, <laughs> we, can, we can all sh see what we've sat on Blake with for the next uh, yes. ten games or yeah, whatever. Um, so that'll be fun. But we're going to be learning a lot about what a pre-release is, mm -hmm. uh, what you get at this specific pre-release, what. Um, kind of cool things you can do with a pre-release. Um, so if you've only been to one pre-release, you've never been to a, a Ravnica pre-release, there's a lot of good information here for you. Yeah, this is the show for you. Yep. yep. So if, if you're new, stay tuned. If you're not new, grab your friends who are new. Tell them to come watch. Them. Yeah. Or just watch anyway. Yeah, just not going to blame you. We're good people. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, make dumb jokes. We will. I'm not above it. Uh, we we use a funny way to say my name. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start, Gavin. Uh, just share with the audience, what is a pre-release that we're all so excited about? Right, so a pre-release, as I kind of was alluding to earlier, is your chance to touch the cards for the first time. You'll show up to your local store, along with many other people who will also show up. You'll enter, and you'll get some of the new cards to build a deck with right there, in a format we call Sealed Deck. So uh, you're going to be aiming to build a 40-card deck, um, mix of about 17-ish lands and the rest creatures and spells. And you're going to then play about four rounds, varies from store to store, but usually about four rounds against other people. And maybe you'll walk away with some prize packs at the end. It's a blast. It's super casual. You're allowed to help people with your deck building. So if you're newer, don't worry about it. People at the store will help you build your sealed deck out of these packs. And it's just really there to have a great time. So if you've never played, I mean, it sounds kind of intimidating to a lot of new players because it's, it's a tournament. Right. It is a tournament, but, but talk a little yeah. bit about what it actually is and what you actually do when you show up. You're right. I mean, it is, it is the least intimidating tournament you could possibly imagine. You mm -hmm. show up to your store, you sit down, everyone's just clamoring with excitement. They want to talk about the new set, see, see what the new cards are. Um, you'll all get handed a, a box that we'll get to in a little bit mm -hmm. that has some packs in it, and then you get to open them up, you get plenty of time to, to build your deck, usually around 30 to 40 minutes, and... Um, yeah, it's just a really relaxed, casual environment. And everybody's starting from the same spot. So it's Correct. not like when you come into an F&M and sometimes people have really tuned decks and, and you know, if you're showing up for your first F&M, your deck might not be quite up to that level. Um, everybody's coming in, they're getting handed what they play with. Yeah, one of the great things I love about Sealed and Limited Magic in general is that everyone is on an even playing field. You come in, no one, in this case, no one's played with the cards yet, mm -hmm. and you all open up your cards, and you got this handed the same kind of thing that Blake got handed, and that puts you on an even playing field, so you don't have to worry so much about, man, Blake's been tuning his deck for, for months and months and months. 
It's even, it's great, and it's a great place to learn from these players, too. Mm -hmm. So what exactly do you get handed when you walk in the door for a pre-release? Well, I'm glad you asked, Steve. <laughs> it's like uh, it was scripted. Um, so you, what you're going to get is you're going to get this cool little pre-release box. And we, we do this for our sets now. It's a neat little thing you get for the yeah, pre-release. those things. See yeah. on the screen right now. And each one is themed to a guild. So, of course, we're on Ravnica, the city of guilds. Mm -hmm. In the last set, Guilds of Ravnica, we saw five of the guilds. And this time around, we've got five more, all starting from the left and moving to the right. We've got the blue-white guild of Azorius, the white-black guild of Orzhov, the red-black guild of Rakdos, the green-red guild of Gruul, and the blue-green guild of Simic. And each one has its own mechanic, its own abilities, and this will really help give you handholds to build your deck. Because, you know, we described what, what you'd be doing here, and it is a little intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. Building a deck out of these packs, you don't know what you're going to get. Th this puts you in a great direction. If you choose, say, Simic, then you know that you're probably going to go for Simic because inside of this um, pre-release kit is a booster full of blue and green and blue-green gold cards for your Simic deck. So it's super easy to just open that up, start laying out your blue and green cards, open up your packs, lay out your blue and green cards, and you're off to the races. So for anyone who hasn't played in with Ravnica before, maybe this is their first pre-release, um, they just started, maybe they play a little bit on Arena, what is a guild? Oh, absolutely. So a guild are the two color combinations you'll find on Ravnica. And Ravnica is known for this flavorfully. There are these 10 guilds fighting each other all around the city for, for dominance and you know some other schemes going on. And um, every two color combination of magic has its own guild that it's represented by. And so in this set, Ravnica focuses always on multicolor cards. So you get um, these combinations that are even stronger than you would normally find by any one color. So if I choose Azorius, for example, I'll have cards that are both blue and white. And yeah, you see some on the screen right now, like Sphinx's Insight and uh, Sphinx of Nuprov, and kind of its own flavor behind it. You see that watermark in the background, that little triangle? That's the Azorius symbol. So you not only get to pick two colors that you like and get cards of those colors, but it's kind of like you're joining this guild. You're becoming a part of them, and they want you to come and hang out. And, and that's kind of cool. You get this sense of identity. So let's... Um Let's move into the guilds. Yeah, let's talk about well. each guild individually. So, if, if, again, if you don't know what guild you would like to pick, um, we're going to talk through the five guilds that are available in Ravnica Allegiance and kind of what they're all about. Yeah. And hopefully uh, it'll give you a better idea of what to pick. Yep. And, and one of the things about the guilds is each one is pretty starkly different. You yeah. know? So you will get a feeling really fast based on your kind of magic play style, even if you're a new player, what kind of guild you like. So mm -hmm. let's get started. Let's yeah. start with the Orzhov. So this is the white-black color combination. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Orzhov, Gavin. Right, so the Orzhov are kind of the, the, crooked, the crooked church a little bit of, mm -hmm. of Ravnica. They make deals, and their deals always go in, in their favor. Uh, they have a new mechanic called Afterlife. Afterlife is pretty sweet. It means when the creature dies, you get some number, in this case on the screen, three white and black spirit tokens that, that are one-on-ones. So even when your creature goes away, you're getting more value out of it. So with this Knight of the Last Breath, you play it, your opponent kills it, no problem, you still get three tokens out of the deal. And as a result, there's all kinds of synergies you can pull off with those tokens. Not only can you attack your opponent for a bunch of damage just with your flyers, but you can do things like sacrifice those tokens for a bonus, as you see on Pitiless Pontiff here, or pump up your tokens. There are some uh, creatures in the set that make your flying tokens better. So there's all kinds of fun little synergies built in there. Plus, of course, white and black, two great removal colors. We've got a lot of ways to kill off your opponent's creatures. Mm -hmm. Really great utility coming out of this guild. 
Um, just before we go on to Azorius, uh, I'm getting a couple questions in chat. Um, oh. We are going to answer chat questions a little later towards the end of the stream because some of them will answer just uh, in the course of talking about things. But if you have questions, go ahead and put them in chat. We'll make sure to answer them and we'll have Gavin uh, sound off on everything we can. Yeah. Please, yeah, fire uh, away. But yeah, let's move on to the Azorius. The best guild. Oh, uh, blue and white, that's what we're rocking today. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm right here with you, Steve. Mm. Azorius, they're the lawmakers of Ravnica. They're the bureaucrats sitting up high. And this time around, they're actually doing a little bit of spying, looking around. They write the rules, so why not write the rules in your favor? Am I right, Steve? Oh, absolutely, Gavin. So uh, <laughs> addendum is their mechanic this time around. And this appears on instant speed cards. So mostly instants, but a couple creatures with flash or uh, enchantments with flash. And it says if you play a spell with addendum during your main phase, so on your turn, you get a little bonus. So with the Sphinx's Insight here, four mana draw two cards, a totally reasonable card to play in your limited you know, sealed deck. But if you cast it during your main phase, you pick up two life as well. And this is one I'm often going to cast on my main phase. It's great. Mm -hmm. You get to just draw two cards and gain two life. And the Azorius tend to like to play the long game. As the lawmakers, they want to be there just waiting it out for everything to come together. And so a card like this is great for buying you that time and getting you the cards that you need so that you can eventually win with a card like, say, Sphinx of New Prov, a nice 4-3 flyer, blue and white, of course, colors both known for its flyers, and this really em emblemizes that and is a great win condition. It's hard to kill, it's big, and it can both attack and block with that Vigilance ability. Nice. Uh, next up on our guild list are the Gruul. Ah, uh, yes! Yeah. Everybody's, gruel. Voice, everybody's not, voice gets deeper when not, they start talking yeah. about Not the gruel. gruel, then, then mm, die, of course. Yeah, yeah, not Gruel, then die, I'm indeed. Not gruel. <laughs> the, the, they are antithetical to the Azorius, yes. but I will mm -hmm. tell you about them now uh, against, against what my heart tells me to do. <laughs> so the Gruel are kind of on the outskirts of Ravnica in that they want to live in the wildlands. They want to ruin the city, civilization, big thumbs down. They want to, um, to kind of have their own little area to play around <laughs> in. And, to do that, of course, they're going to start a riot. Mm -hmm. So riot is a cool new ability that says it appears on creatures, or it's always granted to creatures at least. And it says this creature enters the battlefield with either haste or a plus one, plus one counter. So whatever you need in the moment is great. If you need to attack right away, give it haste. If your opponent's got a creature in the way that's too big, give it a counter. And actually, I wrote an article uh, for the website all, when I previewed a card called Ravager Worm talking about when you should and shouldn't riot your creatures. So if you want to go a little deeper in depth on the strategy there, feel free to look it up. But with a card like Frenzied Arnix, which is a phenomenal card, by the way, really, really strong, and if you open this in your sealed kit, you'll definitely want to play it if you're Gruul. It's a 4-mana 3-3 Trample, but that's a little, little bit of a lie there because it's either a 4-mana 4-4 Trample mm -hmm. or a 4-mana 3-3 with Haste and Trample. So either of those I'd be happy with on its own. And then factoring the fact that later on in the game, you can activate the 6-mana ability and, of course, red and green, colors that have ways to ramp up their mana, play big creatures. Um, you can activate the 6-mana ability and make it even larger, all the better. This is a card you'll be really excited to have. Or, if you are fortunate enough to open up a Gruul Spellbreaker, a nice little rare, this guy brings the beats. Three mana, three, three, with a riot, so it's either hasting or trampling right away, or, sorry, it's either hasting or uh, getting bigger right away. It's so, always trampling. It's, it's, always, it's always trampling. Every day the Gruul likes a to trample. A ABT, always every be trampling. Every day we <laughs> trample. Um, and then, of course, it also is hexproof on your turn, too, so your opponent can't muck with it in combat. So it is a, a, a great... A great little card here. Yeah, if you watched uh, last yesterday, we had an early access event on yeah. Arena, so there were tons of people streaming um, 
RNA Standard and Girl Spellbreaker was one of the big cards that I know Brian Kibler was playing a lot of. Yeah. We saw a couple other people playing that card, and it's. Um, I actually had someone cast it against me in sealed earlier How do you today. Feel? Uh, it's it's not as good in sealed as it is in standard. Sure. Um, because settle the wreckage is a big thing in standard. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm, the, I'm now to, I'm now going beyond. Yeah, the, a little bit the too new beyond. Player. Pre-release. Yeah. Pre-release. At the uh, loading ready run pre pre release last weekend, which yep. if you're looking for kind of an idea of how sealed is played, there's mm-hmm. some great videos there. You can go back and check out Marshall Sutcliffe of Limited Resources builds a sealed deck. You can watch him do that. Uh, one of my opponents had two Gruel Spellbreakers, and oh, that was whew, turn three Whoa. four four turn four four four, mm-hmm. and that was a, a rough one. Yeah. Let's talk about Simic. Absolutely. Love Simic. Absolutely. Yep. My vote for some of the best card names in the uh, in the set. Card and, names and creature yeah, types. Card and, names and creature yes, types. Yes, creature yep. types, absolutely. I mean, Simic, they're the, the biologists of mm-hmm. Ravnica, right? They want to adapt. They want to evolve. They want to make themselves a little bit better. And to do that this time around, they've got a brand new mechanic called Adapt. And what Adapt means is you can pay some mana to put a bunch of plus one, plus one counters on it. And you can only do this... As long as it has, uh, as long as it doesn't have counters on it. But if you have a way to later pull those counters off, you might be able to, be able to do that again. But really, just doing it once is often good enough. On Aramunculus here on the right, you've got a three mana two three flyer, which in a limited deck is already pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that, that for four mana you can pump it up to a three four flyer gives you a little bit of added push through damage later. Lets it crunch through any three toughness flyers. Plus, it's a homunculus mutant. Yep. What's not to like about that? Um, and then on the left, of course, if you open up the wonderful guild uh, guild um, Perun here, or one of the one of the legendary creatures. No longer the, the no longer no, the, no, no longer the Perun. The Previously fallen Perun. Yeah. Uh, Zagana Utopian Speaker. This is a four mana four four, which is once again a fantastic rate for limited. That can become an eight eight when you adapt it with a host of other abilities too. So th- these guys are really really fun. The creature types are are a blast, and they have some really tricky cards. You can expect some bounce spells from blue, some ramp from green. You get to play um, both the early game and the long game with some cheap creatures, and then adapting later on. It, these guys are a lot of fun, and I've always enjoyed playing with Simic. Simic is one of my favorite guilds. Yeah, uh, and, just all time. Well, I mean, and the plus one plus one counter synergy here is really high. I mean, on that mm-hmm. Zagana card. That last bit of text does say creatures you you control with plus one plus one counters have trampled. Right, yep. right. So there's a lot of cool little little tricks like that as well. Yeah, to emphasize, Simic cares about plus one plus one counters. Always have, always will. And so when these cards are adapting, they're getting those counters. And so there's all kinds of ways to manipulate those counters around. And you could maybe take the counters off your creature to adapt again, or make your creatures with counters on them even better. So there's yep. really fun little tricks you can pull there. And I like Simic because you can play both the early game and the long game, and it's always nice and limited to be able to have that kind of option where the Azorius tend to skew a little long game, or, if we want to talk about the Rakdos... Which I think before we should. We, before oh, okay. we get to that, oh. uh, the most important question that I've gotten in the stream oh, very, so far, very I want to make sure we touch on this. They want to know where I get this card again. Gavin actually <laughs> asked me the same question before we started. Gavin actually does not have this card again. Yeah. Him being so, Gavin. So, so, so to clarify... I love, I, I love that you stopped the stream yeah, flow hold on. just to brag about this your card This is important. So, so Look at the shirt you, I'm wearing. You and you and Nate need to have like a, a, a sweater off, yeah. I swear. Oh, yeah. I, it's awesome. I mean, me and Blake have, have similar aesthetics, and uh, I, I have a cardigan like that with an old logo on it, and anyway, it, it, it's a big deal. You, you can't. Um, I'm sorry. You can't. These are not things that are publicly for sale. Uh, they're employee things. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but Wizards of the Coast is always hiring, so check out our jobs website. Yeah. <laughs> well transitioned. Well done. Yeah. Good job. Uh, I mean, <laughs> now, hey, now, now we, now we can go to Rackham. If there's ever a reason to come work for Wizards, 
It's the it's, 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 sweet, yeah, sweet cardigans. Yeah. Okay. Sweet, sweet Come talk to me when they make a blazer. All right, so, so speaking anyway, what I was getting at, what I was setting up so perfectly for, <laughs> you before did. You I was... You set that up so well, I was like, do, do I interrupt? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you do. I want the camera on me for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, as, as is understood. So, oh, you know, man. different guilds play at different speeds. The next guild, red and black, two aggressive colors, that's yep. going to be Rakdos. Rakdos, and yep. And Rakdos, the, these folks run the carnival. And their carnival happens to uh, have a bit of uh, blood and destruction in it, you know? Mm-hmm. No big deal. Uh, it's, they put the, uh, the laughter in slaughter. And um, uh, they've got a new mechanic called Spectacle. So what Spectacle means is um, you can cast it for its Spectacle cost if your opponent has been dealt damage this turn, or rather if they lost life this turn, which is an important distinction sometimes. So uh, sometimes the Spectacle cost is less on the commons and uncommons. Often it's a way to just get a creature for cheaper. So you might see a... You know, a five-mana creature that is only three to spectacle, so if mm-hmm. you hit with your two-drop, you can play it right away. Or on some of the rares here, like Rick's Mahdi Reveler, the spectacle cost is actually more and gives you a little bonus for doing so. With the, with the Reveler, if you get to spectacle it out, you can discard your hand and draw three cards. And while normally, especially as an Azorius player, yes. I'm not all about discarding my hand, in Rakdos, you're going to be throwing cards left and right to get creatures out there, burn away your opponent's creatures, and... Picking up three new cards is really, really good. So how are you going to deal with damage to your opponent? Well, there's all kinds of ways we've built that in to the set with cards like Rakdos Raftabout. Well, if you attack, your opponent can always block. What a bunch of jerks. You know, the Azorius folks like <laughs> yeah. us, just blocking. Um, Rakdos Raftabout says, don't care, no problem. You, if I attack and you block, still dealing one damage to you. And while one damage is pretty small compared to 20, it just takes one to get those spectacle cards turned on. And of course, if you're Rakdos, you want to be aggressive and attacking, low to the ground, and beat your opponents quickly. And remember, one damage, that's roused about right for Rakdos. Oh, God. You know what, Steve? I, I yeah. think it's fair to say I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> you're very kind. That's oh, why we have you back. I apologize to the viewers. Um, yeah. So... Now, we actually had an employee pre-release uh, last Friday. Yeah. Uh, what guilds did you guys choose? I was actually at the Loading Red Run pre-release on Friday. You were. But, but I chose Azorius. Yep. Blue, white, I know. It's, it's my it's, aesthetic. Yeah. I also chose Azorius with a Simic Splash, actually. Okay. So I wanted to. I like I, Simic I went, as well. I, I chose Orzov, actually. Oh, really? I, um, I'm generally a blue player. But I also really like grindy matchups, and Black White's real grindy. Uh, I and got it's t- got some of the best removal in the set. It's got some of the best well. removal in the yeah. set. I got two Seraph of the Scales. Yeah, Seraph of the Scales. Seraph of the That's Scales. The, the Mythic Rare. The right? Mythic Four Three Flyer with Afterlife Two was very strong. Um, it's a good pre-release. Yeah, generally I would say, you know, you know, Blaze talked about grindy, which means that it, the games can take a yep. long time. Oh, Ge- there it is. Sorry, generally, nice let's see that card again. Hey! <laughs> that's, a, that's a callback. Oh, um, we did it. Generally, though, I would, um, you know, if you're looking for a different play style, depending on what your play style is, um, Rakdos and Gruul tend to be a little bit faster. Those are going to be the, the quicker, more aggressive decks, especially with Riot giving everything haste and yep. Rakdos wanting to spectacle. Azorius and Orzhov tend to be the little bit of a slower kind of draw some cards or block and get some tokens, grind out the game because they can win the long game. And then Simic is somewhere in the middle where it has some early game action and can use this late game mana to adapt. So depending on your play style, maybe one of those speaks to you. And also keep in mind, if you choose a guild uh, that's that's printed on your your pre-release kit, uh, that doesn't prohibit you from playing cards from other guilds. So if you pick up an Orzhov, release kit, for example, and yep. you want to play some Rakdos cards in there, some uh, Azorius cards in there, you can absolutely do that. You do you. Yeah. 
Um, what makes you happy? So we've gotten a few questions on the distribution. So we keep talking about picking your gill. Right. Yeah. Um, so each store can kind of do it how they want, but we've all played in a lot of pre-releases, including some of the original Ravnica pre-releases. Right. Um, so, Gavin, in your experiences, how do stores let people pick their guilds? Well, it can kind of go in a few different ways. Sometimes it's just first come, first serve on the day that you show up. So you come, you sign for the pre-release, and you, you, Steve, you're here first. Congratulations, you're getting Azorius. Oh, great. I'm, I'm there 32nd, not getting Azorius. Ah, it's too bad. R rough times. But yeah. those are the rules, am I right? Yeah, yeah that's right. We got to adhere to the um, rules. <laughs> That's right. Sometime, the rules are how you have fun. But you know, uh, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. What a lot of stores will do is actually let you pre-register for the mm -hmm. pre-release. And when you pre-register for a Ravnica pre-release, they often let you choose your guild ahead of time. Yep. So if you haven't yet and you're planning on going to the pre-release this weekend, I would definitely talk with your local store, give them a call, drop by, and see if you can sign up for the event already and pick your guild. Because a lot of people will probably try and show up, up day of. So even now, a couple days beforehand, you still have the drop on them. Yep. And and something and like you said, you either get to you can sometimes pick your guild when you pre-register, or sometimes they'll just the store will have an ordered list of who signed up first, and they'll right. go through and let you pick on that day in that order. Um, it just kind of depends on the store, so make sure you ask your local store. If you don't know what store you're playing at, um, say you're new, you maybe you learned through Arena, or maybe you've just never been to a local store before. That's totally cool. We have a place that you can go. Look at that, locator.wizards.com. Oh. So if you go to locator.wizards.com, just type in uh, your uh, zip code. how heavy the text is. Yeah, <laughs> you can type in your zip code, and it'll show you some stores in your area um, that are all nearby you. And you can kind of you can call some of them, check out their websites, uh, and just sort of figure out what they're all about. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and while I love playing online, and we're going to play Arena here in a second, which yep. is phenomenal, it, a pre-release, just the feeling is amazing. Like being yeah. there around other players who are excited and clamoring around the new set, trying to figure out what they should trade for, what new decks they, they should build. Even though I can't go play outside in other pre-releases, I work here so we get to play in our internal pre-releases, mm -hmm. I still always go and try and check out a pre-release because it is just some of the most fun you can ever have playing Magic with some of the most excited people about Magic. So I, I don't know what more you could ask for. I was, yeah. It was my favorite time of year. I would just, I would literally go to FNM that night it would, FNM would end when it ended around 11 or something like that, usually at my store at that time. I'd go grab some food, come I'd come back, back yeah. for the midnight pre-release. Mm -hmm. I'd be there till 5 in the morning, go home, sleep, come back later in the day for the next pre-release. Yeah, and notably, keep, keep in mind that... Um, now I work here, everyone. Just, yeah. so, right, so you if, if you want anymore. that cardigan, that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, notably, an important thing, too, is some stores will be running multiple pre-releases. Mm -hmm. So even if you have a job that takes up certain times or hours, there's still probably a time at a store that could work for you. So make sure to check in with them because there's everything from midnight pre-releases to morning pre-releases to afternoon pre-releases. And they, you know, some stores will run two, three, four, five, six pre-releases. So definitely look into it on different days too, Saturday and yep. Sunday, um, to see if there's one for you because your schedule shouldn't let you not play in a pre-release. I mean, where's the fun in that? Mm -hmm. And that's the best part about that store locator. Finding the store for you might depend on timing, right? Yep. And if you're you not looking at chat right now, chat is talking, there are a number of people saying their store is already sold out or sold out two weeks ago. So seriously, we really recommend pre-registering if yeah. you can. Right. Call your store. Um, if, if your store is sold out, there's, there may be other stores nearby that are also running events. Call them. Just, just I, We definitely recommend doing it ahead of time because these events are really fun and really popular. Yeah, you don't want to be the person who shows up and can't play. That that would be yeah, the, the, the sad moment out of pre-release yep. for sure. Uh, so 
we've, we've gone through a lot of different things about pre-release, but I don't actually think we've talked about the exact contents that you get in these pre-release kits yet. We've touched on it a little bit, but, but let's, uh, yeah. let's go over it exactly, and then let's talk about what it means to build sealed. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Gavin, what exactly do you get in uh, one of these pre-release kits? Well, of course, you're going to get your booster packs that you need, so you're going to get five Count them five. Demir! <gasps> Whoa. They just sneak into everything. To be they sneak into everything. We, we know this is an old graphic. Uh, the Demir are not in Ravnica Allegiance. Yeah, this is, this yeah. is it's it's the same setup as as Guilds of Ravnica, but just different yeah. guilds. Yeah, you know, just, uh, there's no Demir cards. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> um, so you'll get five, count them, five boosters of Ravnica Allegiance. And then one of those seated packs we were talking about earlier that's full of cards for your guild and really helps push you down that path. You'll also get a cool spin-down D20 that lets you um, just keep track of your life or mm -hmm. roll or whatever you feel so inclined And where the 20 do. is is where uh, the symbol of your guild will be. And the color matches yeah. your guild. So in this example, from the previous set, Guilds of Ravnica, it's blue and black because Demir's was blue and black. And this time around, uh, if you pick Gruul, you'll get a green and red dice, and it'll be, um, it'll be great. Um, Additionally, you get a little um, a little insert that talks about building a deck out of pre-release, which is really, really cool. Um, so we're going give to you, give you some tips right now in a moment, but if you're worried you're not going to remember them, it's okay. This is here to help you out. Mm -hmm. And you can ask your friends too, which yep. is really fantastic. Yeah, that's one thing that's different about, again, pre-releases are super casual. At other events, you're not really allowed to have people help you build your deck. You're not really supposed to switch things out depending on the level. Um, once you've built your sealed deck, you often have to register it. None of that applies here. If you've seen people playing sealed events at Grand Prix, not the same thing. You can change cards out. You can switch cards. You can ask your friend for advice. It's we encouraged to you ask. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, now, now just to clarify, this is all during deck building. Don't yeah. ask someone for help during a game. Yeah, that exactly. Would not, yeah. That would yeah. not be kosher. <laughs> but, you know, uh, right, if you've ever, like, watched a pro tour, which are very fun events, this is the exact opposite of that. Like, yeah. it is just relaxed, you know, no, low stakes. You're going to have, it's going to be fine. It's going to be totally fine. Yep. Um, cool. So let's talk about um, Sealed. Yeah, absolutely. So we've given you kind of information about what you're going to get and told you it's not that scary. So how can we help make it actually not that scary? Well, run you through how to, how to build a deck. Yeah. So as I said much earlier in the show, you're going to want to find about 23 non-land cards that then pair with about 17 lands. It's just a generally a good ratio. Sometimes you can change that number around, but especially if you're newer, that's the ratio I'd recommend sticking around with. And then of those 23 other cards, you probably want around 15, 16 of them, them would be creatures, because those creatures are how you're going to win the game a lot of the time. Things you want to look for inside of your sealed deck are, kind of the two big things I look for right away in my colors, are removal spells, so things that get rid of your opponent's creatures, because often limited magic is defined by being able to get rid of your opponent's really strong cards, and also any kind of evasion. Evasion meaning creatures that can get through not just on the ground. So flying, for example, being uh, an exam uh, what you would normally use for this. But also things like trample help out there too, of just punching through tokens. And with afterlife around, there's plenty of 1-1 one, one flying tokens. So trample is really, really great. And then, of course, who can resist looking at all your rares and seeing what sweet, awesome rares you have and how they fit into your curve. And, uh, well... Mana curve, maybe, maybe that's something we should. Yeah, talk we about. have we have a little graphic we for the mana curve. I, I, I love this graphic so much. <laughs> um, so there's this idea of a mana curve, and it's always tempting. Trust me, I know to be like my deck, all seven mana seven sevens. When I get to turn seven, I am gonna crush my opponent. 
But even better than playing a 7-7 every turn starting on turn 7 is being able to play something on the six turns prior or, or some of the turns prior. So generally when you're building your sealed deck, you want to lay it out in terms of mana cost. So one mana stuff you don't need a ton of, but at turns 2, 3, and 4, being able to play cards is really good. In fact, I would say that more games of limited sealed deck magic are won simply by playing cards on turn 2, 3, 4, and 5 than almost any other way. Because if you curve out and your opponent doesn't curve out, you're going to be in really great shape. So there's some little, uh, a nice little guide on the screen for you of you know, four to six cards that cost two, three to five cards that cost three. And one thing I want to emphasize here, because I see this happen a lot, is people will lay out their decks as they're building, and you lay it out in kind of this exact way, actually, where you put your ones in a column to the left, and your six plus in a column to the right, and everything else in between, so you can kind of see how it lines up. Count your creatures this way, but put your spells, either your, you know, your instants and your sorceries and things like that, either beneath them or off to the side. Because you're probably not going to play, say, a removal spell on turn two. Your opponent has a, a creature, or maybe not, but you probably don't want to spend a removal spell at that point killing it. But you're always going to play your two-drop creature on turn two. So you want to focus on your creatures, especially for that mana curve. Looking at your spells is great, too. And there's some spells you'll want to play on turn two and turn three and maybe move those in as appropriate. But as a good rule of thumb, put your creatures um, uh, on this mana curve and don't worry as much about your spells being there. So uh, anyway, there's some tips for building your sealed deck. And you're always welcome to go back and check out my pre-release primer article for more information. Um, you can also tweet at any of us. We're happy to give you advice, too. Yeah. Um, my advice will be extremely bad because I'm not as good at limited as this. Uh, this Steve will tell you to Did I tell you about the time I crushed Steve in draft the other week? I'm going to start calling you Cardi B, Blake. It stands for Cardigan Blake. That's, fi that's fine. Yep. Okay. Cardi B. Moving on. Um, I, I, also, stay tuned if you need more advice because we're going to build a We're going to actually build one in, in just a couple moments. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, before we do that, going to pre-release isn't just about playing with the seal deck. There are a couple other things you can do. What, what else is uh, available at pre-release? Yeah, one great thing about a pre-release, too, is, well, like I said, first time to get your hands on the cards. But if sealed still sounds a little intimidating, say you're real, you know, you're fresh, you're brand new, you just started with Arena, you're kind of enjoying those pre-construct, uh, the pre-constructed decks that are on Arena. One thing you can do is come to a pre-release and pick up Planeswalker decks. These mm -hmm. are a great way to get into Magic. They're pre-constructed decks that are ready to play out of the box. They feature a Planeswalker on the front, so you can align yourself with the blue-white Dovin or the red-green Domri, and then you can play against other people there who are playing those decks as well, or even yep. people between rounds of their sealed deck. Just to give you a feel for what the set's about, get some of those new cards in your hands, and require no deck building. And, of course, as a nice little bonus, there's two Ravnica Legion's booster packs hiding out in there, too. So you can bring those home, modify your decks a little bit early, or, you know, get a couple of them and get enough packs to, to mm -hmm. you know, do a draft or something. But if you just wanted to do a draft, you can actually get a box at pre-release. Yeah, absolutely. So the way to do that, um, it's uh, pre-order for pickup at pre-release. Some stores will let you um, order it the day of if they have uh, any leftover. But there's a limited quantity that if you pre-order a box from your local game from store. your local game store this is only good at your local game store you can actually pick it up on pre-release weekend which is a week ahead of anybody else um, and for your troubles you will again as long as supplies last uh, you'll get the buy a box promo which is the haunt of high tower which is a great uh, brawl and commander card you yeah absolutely on the other side of the screen here. yes and we often make these cards for Brawl and Commander, so if those formats mean something to you, they're great. But also, if you're just building your fun, you're, you know, you're new, you need a cool new card for your collection, you want a sweet card for your black deck, 
this, this creature's totally solid. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, strong, and, strong and, card. And we do want to stress that, of course, it's, it's not too late. It's still early, still in advance of the pre-release, but you need to do it now before the, before the pre-release happens. So definitely contact your game store and let them know that you're interested in yep. picking up a box there. Yep. That gives you that gives you a week to do your drafting or to uh, to tune your decks before oh, yeah. before your friends, right? Which, you always, which always feels a little sneaky, and they're like, <laughs> you, "You can't play that card." I'm like, yes, I can. <laughs> and you know, you should show up to your first Friday Night Magic with the new set with your deck ready to go. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to a couple questions oh, before we get Ooh, to questions. the build, love and me then some we questions. will then we will open a uh, a sealed on arena and talk there. Um, first question, and I'll actually take this one. Um, we've got a couple people asking why. So there are there are code cards in MTG Arena pre-release packs. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also code cards in Planeswalker decks and booster packs. So those are the three places that you can get code cards in physical product for MTG Arena. Each of them redeems for a different thing. In the Planeswalker decks, it's pretty straightforward. They redeem for a digital copy of that Planeswalker deck. Uh, in the packs, they, really, they uh, redeem for three digital packs on MTG Arena. We're actually going to redeem one of those on stream in a second to show you just how to redeem a code. And then in the pre-release kit themselves, it comes with a code that gets you a draft on Magic Online. A traditional draft. So best Not Magic Arena. Online, Magic I'm the sorry, Gathering Arena. Magic yeah. the Gathering Arena. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, gets it on Magic the Gathering Arena. Uh, We've gotten some questions about why draft not sealed. So uh, we did sealed last time around. We're trying draft this time. And the reason is just because we're still in beta. We're trying new things. Um, people liked sealed. Uh, it kind of replicates the pre-release experience. You don't exactly get to choose your guild, but it's similar. Uh, but also people love draft. So basically we're taking feedback. So just send us feedback. Uh, your feedback will be with your play, how many of these codes are redeemed, um, how much people enjoy it. So it's all, you know, we're trying different things is basically what it comes down to. Nothing set in stone. Um, people really enjoyed Sealed before. We know some people are going to enjoy Drafty 4 and we'll figure out a balance in the future. So that's the reason for that. Well, and speaking of code cards, the other thing that you're going to want to keep in mind, especially new players, is that that code card comes on the back of a token mm -hmm. included in your pre-release kit. So make sure that you don't uh, give that token away or discard it or throw it out or anything like that because it has a code card for a draft on Magic the Gathering. Yeah, and it's just a single loose card inside that kit. So yeah. keep, keep it keep secret, keep it safe. Yep. Um, this is a question we've gotten from a couple people. Uh, Card-specific question, Vanifer. Um, the Simic... You mean Prime Speaker Vanifar. Prime Speaker Vanifar. Yeah, the, the, Sh the Sean, if you bring that card up. Zagana. Yeah. How, um, how good do you think that card's going to be in standard, Gavin? Well, Birthing Pod is one of my favorite cards to play. It's mm -hmm. always been a historically very powerful card, and Vanifar is modeled off of Birthing Pod. Now, the big difference between the two is Vanifar does take a turn to get active. Mm -hmm. It has a tap ability, so you have to wait a turn to get it rolling. Um, but with that said, it is incredibly powerful. So there's a lot of cool combos you can pull off with it in Standard 2. So I, for one, am really excited to see it see it uh, get rolling. And uh, the cool thing is, you know, people have were playing yesterday on Arena, all, Magic the Gathering Arena, all kinds of decks. And pretty soon, in just a matter of, of days, you will start, start to see this stuff all roll out, and mm -hmm. you'll get a chance to play with it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've gotten a question, a couple questions about guild kits. Uh, a few questions on oh, yeah. sure. if guild kits are available when the set releases. 
So Guild Kits do not come out when the set releases, mm -hmm. but they will be out very, very shortly afterward. And we've actually gone ahead and shown what's in the Guild Kits on the website. You're welcome to go look through. Uh, there's an article, I think, written by this handsome gentleman right here. It's me. With the cardigan. Yeah. Yeah, with the one with the cardigan. Cardi B. Um, showing off all of this stuff and showing off all the, the decks and the contents and probably the tokens as well. Uh, yeah. We showed off the tokens on social media. Fantastic. So you can, you Head can, to our Twitter you can right scour uh, Blake's Twitter feed for that. Not those. my Twitter feed, the Wizards underscore Magic Twitter feed. Yeah. Although, although follow Blake on Twitter. Follow He's a delightful on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I'm not. And, uh, <laughs> and those are fantastic. But those actually come out a little bit later, right? The release date for those is in a few weeks? Yeah, it's a couple weeks after the set releases. Yeah. So, and, that's, and part of that is because they're not standard legal right. decks. They, are, they come with some standard cards in them, but they also come with a healthy number of cards that are from past Ravnica sets. So they're really cool decks to play against each other, uh, but they're not standard legal, so they don't come out uh, then. And full of some really cool reprints, too. So yep. definitely check it out. Yep. Yep. Uh, there's also some chatter about Challenger decks. We, Ooh, just, yes. we just announced those, we didn't did. we? Yeah. yeah, Challenger decks, I'm so excited to finally announce them. Um, we did them last year. It was kind of one of my big projects. They went over phenomenally. I visited stores all around the world and country, and every Everyone raves about the Challenger decks. Yeah. So I'm super excited to bring them back again this year. We've once again got four Challenger decks, and they're designed with very much the same mentality that the last year's had. Yep. If it worked out last year, let's do it again this year. Yep. So um, same kind of design principles, same kind of plenty of exciting reprints and rares and mythics running around in those. So I can't say what they are just yet, but they are for ready-to-play strong standard decks. Yep, and we're looking, uh, we'll probably release those deck lists in... Uh, late February, early mid-March-ish, sometime, sometime around that, that range. Yeah. They come out in April. Yeah, so stay tuned. Yep. And, and also, if you're newer and you're like, what in the world is a Challenger deck? These are decks that are meant to on-ramp you into standard. You can pick one up, buy one, and start playing right away. And these are top-tier standard constructed decks, or, or modeled after them, at least. Yep. So, um, you know, when they come out in April, if you've been wondering about getting into standard, maybe you're playing your first pre-release right now and kind of curious about what this whole standard thing is, so now is a great time to start, or if you want to get, get familiar with Limited, get to know the set, wait until April and grab one of these decks, that's a great time to dive into. Yep. Um, okay, let's move on to a seal build, and we'll, right, keep, uh, we'll keep answering questions as they come up, um, but we're going to walk through this seal build. If you are listening to this on podcast, we kind apologize. Of we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk through as much of it as you can, but this is a bit visual here. Uh, so I'd recommend watching this either on Twitch or YouTube if uh, you're checking this out after the fact, because um, it's going to be a little visual. But, but, but if it is a pod, if you are listening to it on podcast, just imagine our sealed pool is the greatest. The this guy's greatest. Got it, yeah. it was last time. When we did this for GRN, yeah. um, I ended up going 7-0 or 7-1 with it. So nice. It was solid. Hadn't him miss it. So, Doesn't hurt. You know. But uh, the first thing that we're going to do before right. we do that is we're going to uh, show you how to redeem a code. Sure. We can do that uh, first. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to the game screen. Yep. So let's navigate. There we go. And we're going to go into Stores. store. Yep. And, and right over here. Yep. And it, how about, a, you know, it's a great code to redeem. I'm just going to type it in. Is that, that just, cool? yeah. All right. Play Allegiance. 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 I'm always, like, how do I spell this word? A-L-L-G-I-A-N-C. It's a tricky word to spell. But if you successfully spell it, you'll get this uh, result. And three gorgeous Ravnica Allegiance booster packs. Yes, right. And that that is a code that anyone can use at any yep. time. You can go you on right now. right now and use it. Yep. You'll get three packs of Ravnica Allegiance. Yeah, absolutely. So well, why not? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so now that we've shown you how to do that, and also when you get your pre-release code in your pre-release kit, that's where you'll uh, redeem it as well. So uh, go the pre-release code is case sensitive. And, uh, yes, it is case and sensitive. And you do have to put the dashes in. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so shall we shall we do this? Yeah, yes. let's do it. Ravnica Allegiance. Let's check Here it out. Here we go. All right. All right. All right, gems it is. Blake, we're spending 2,000 of your, of your gems. Look how many That's gems okay. this guy has. All right, open up these packs. What do we get? It's going to show us our rares first. Right, it does see. exactly what we were talking about first. It shows us a rare so we can get a sense of... Mothering Tide. All right. Well good, well, good news. We've got a Blood Crypt for your constructed collection. But yeah, this... Yep. I mean, some of these rares are... Like, the lands, I'm not... I mean, they're fine. I'll play with them, but they're yeah. not going to win games. This card's excellent, though. Pretty not cognitive that perception. That does, that does exactly the things that Blake wants it to does. do, which is and try and draw I've cards. I've actually seen, you know what? Smothering Tithe is not bad, especially if we end up, ended up playing a multicolored deck. Yeah. Um, right. It, it fixes your mana because yep. your opponent's probably not going to pay that often. You're going to get all that treasure, which is nice. So this gives us a little bit of a, of a direction, some ideas, but let's see what we but crack. But it also leaves it pretty open-ended for us to just kind of play around. I right. want to see what the full pool looks like right. here. And, and once again, I want to emphasize, in a pre-release, you'll get to pick your guild and get cards that point you toward yep. that guild. Here, we're just opening six packs, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. All right, so let's see what we have going on here. So we're looking at our white cards first. Anything that grabs my attention. And I'm always looking for, usually, when I open up a sealed pool, just what grabs my attention? What are the cards that really, really look strong to me? Yeah. And these cards, eh, they all look okay, but there's nothing here that's really, really blowing my mind so far. Let's go to the next page. Yeah, white, my mono white cards are, are they're, okay. They're, they're, they're fine. fine. Reasonable. Gotta... It's the kind of thing that if we get to the gold cards, the multicolored cards, and they yeah. look really saucy, I could, could see playing, but I'm not drawn into it. Um, Okay, looking at our blue, there's a few cards that definitely grab my attention. The Pateramander is yeah. great. One mana, one one flyer is okay, but the fact that it levels up into a five five flyer later on is game winning. Love, love me a Chillbringer down there in the corner. Yeah, Chillbringer's yeah. good. A nice little five mana flyer that taps your opponent's creatures, just helps you get in and buys a bit of time. I always love drawing cards and bouncing creatures, and this card does both of them, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. I think this card is also uh, just, it's very, it's subtle, it's a little weird but it's actually pretty solid. You get to scry every turn, so you get the cards that you want, and then at some point you can trade it off to your opponent for one of their permanents. And if they're not blue, they can't trade it back to you. So that's uh, a nice nice little card there. Um, and then of course we've got this Precondent oh, Perception. Yep. Windstorm Drake. Though. And this too, to pump up your flyers. Solid, yep. So blue's looking nice, blue's looking nice. I'm a little biased, but. Um, <laughs> looking at black, what do we have here? This, this card is totally solid. Blood yep. Mist Infiltrator, three mana, three one, that uh, lets you you become unblockable later in the game. Two copies of Grotesque Demise. That's pretty good. Which is really good. So removal is very strong. You want right. to give extra weight to where the removal is in your pool. You have your opponents are going to have strong cards, mm -hmm. and you need to be able to remove them. So anytime you get something that kills or exiles a creature, uh, pay special attention to it. Yeah, and especially if you think about it, in limited, your goal is to always. Help, help you win if you're ahead, and help you not lose if you're behind. Mm -hmm. And with removal spells, if your opponent is beating you down, you can kill off the creature that's causing you trouble, and if you're winning, you can kill off their creature to push through for damage. So they're basically always good, and even conditional ones like this are still fantastic, and there's a lot of power three or fewer cards in the set. In fact, really only Gruul has a lot that's above power three. So. Well, you, you know what I love about this removal spell is it gets around afterlife, because afterlife right. is specifically yep. when the creature dies, not when it's exiled or when it leaves the battle. Yeah, yeah keep an eye out for exile in the set. There's a couple cards at exile, there's this card, there's a red card, uh, Scourge Mark, something like that, mm -hmm. that uh, deals two damage to exiles. And so we also have this card here, where your opponent sacrifices a creature. And I want to note that 
every limited format's a little bit different, right? Yep. And sometimes sacrificing creature is really strong. This is one set where it's good, but not amazing, because afterlife running around right, means yeah. that there's just, just more 1-1 one, one tokens. Extra tokens, sacrifice. there's extra creatures that you don't care about sacrificing. There's some enchantment right. removal, base removal as yep. well. Um, yeah. We've got Carrion Imp, which is a, a fine flyer. So Black's, Black is all right. Black's got some good stuff going on here. Mm -hmm. Debtor's Transport, lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. Solid common. Uh, all right, looking at red. So, uh, and one thing I want to there's the scorch marker I was talking about. By there the way. we go. Deal two damage and exile. This card's great. And one thing I want to point out is how your card evaluations might change based on the guild you're playing. For example, this spear spewer in a gruel deck is kind of piddly, not that impressive. But if you're playing a Rakdos deck, this means your spectacle cards are always turned on. You can play it on the first turn for one mana, and then your spectacle is ready to go the rest of the game. Yep. So that's a, a so cards like this will really change values. Um, okay, so so far the scourge mark has really, or the scorch mark has really grabbed my attention. Wow, dagger caster, almost nothing in red. Yeah. But the red cards we have are great. Yeah. Um, okay, let's look at green. Also, almost no cards in green. We do have three copies of rampaging renhorn. Yeah. Fine. Well, it, this card is, is totally fine. It's actually pretty solid. You got yeah. a five mana yeah. four four haste or a five mana five five. All, all solid cards I'll play. I do love Trollbred Guardian. Th this like card is nice, especially yeah. for Simic. And then it is expensive, and I know I told you specifically earlier to not fill your deck with seven drops, <laughs> but on turn seven, if you lay this down, a 6-6 six, six Trample Haste, that is hits really, really hard and can it close does. down some games. Uh, okay, so now we get to the meat and potatoes of any Ravnica Sealed Pool, though, which are these multicolored cards. Ooh, only one locket, though. Uh, so we've got this Senate Griffin, which is a, could go in a blue or a white deck. This card is fantastic. Yep. A th a flying, you always want to be looking for. This is a nice 3 2 almost a little bonus there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, got, of course, these wild split cards, and these are fantastic. This, this one is a removal spell on one Consume side. Consume is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Um, Ooh, Imperious Oligarch. There's also the thing to watch out for are these what we call CCDD cards, which means that the mana cost is two of one part of the guild and two of the other part of the guild. Mm -hmm. And if you're playing these, you definitely want to be two colors, and they can be tricky to cast, but they're all really powerful. And Basilical Bell Haunt is no exception, both getting rid of an opponent's card and picking up some life in the process. Um, let's see what else do we have here. Here's a, another spectacle card. Here's the red green guild mage. That's kind of nice to have around. Oh wow! Oh, so Gruul has two copies of Savage Smash, which is very strong. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a removal spell that not only deals with your opponent's creatures, but also makes your creature bigger to attack with, which is nice. I also saw some stuff going on with Rhythm of the Wild when I was at the pre-release. Yep. That, that Rhythm seems of the like Wild. We've, been, we've been talking about how good Riot is. Yeah. And uh, how flexible it is. This just gives everything Riot. And then here's the frenzied Arnix from earlier. We've got two copies of that wow. one, which yep. is really nice. So these are. Four strong gruel commons. I'm so, pretty excited about this. Gavin, question that actually applies here now that we see that rhythm in the wild. Yeah. Can a creature have more than one instance of riot? It absolutely can. You can choose for it to go whatever way you want. You can get two plus and plus one counters. You can have haste and plus and plus one counter. Or, you know what, Steve? If you're really feeling it, two instances of haste. Two, which, two times haste. Which, I love it. Which is actually not irrelevant in this set because if, if they kill off a big creature, there's a, a card that kills a creature with power four or greater, I think. Mm -hmm. That's the thing you'll, you'll have to worry about. Uh, looking at the rest here, this card is solid as a late game finisher. Seven mana, five five flyer. Hexproof for monocolor is nice. This card is great if you go into Simic. This is really good if we have a lot of gates, which we'll have six. Um, it's actually pretty pretty brutal. And then there are six are uh, six gates, two gruel, four gruel guild gates. Wow, wow. I, we are being sent a message. <laughs> so we're here. probably yeah. going to be gruel, maybe splashing something. Yeah, right. I, I really like gruel here and. Um, Let's, uh, let's just start building and see what it looks like. So I'm just going to yep. move some of these gruel cards in and see what we have rolling. Now, one thing you're going to look for is in Sealed, you can always do what we call splashing. 
yep. where if where you take your two colors and touch a bit of a third color. And in Ravnica, because of the gates and the mana fixing, it's a little bit easier. And if you're going to splash in Ravnica, you're usually going to want to splash uh, one of the guilds that's neighboring you. So if I'm Gruul, I want to either splash blue for Simic, because red, green, blue to get the Simic half, or I'm going to want to splash black, because Rakdos, that gives me the black half. Mm -hmm. So what's in my mind right now are those two removal spells we saw earlier. Right. Um, I'm just going to put these guild gates in while I'm here. We do have one Rakdos guild gate. We've got this clan guild mage, which mm -hmm. is nice. Um, even Cindervise is a reasonable card to start with. It'll ping your opponent some, some damage over time. And there's a plenty of artifacts and enchantments running around. We can come back to this potentially later on as an option. Um, this is a cheap creature if we want it that gets in. I'm just going to put in all the cards I'm thinking yep. about playing on the right-hand side. Um, and let's see. We've got these Renhorns, which are certainly options. We're going to have to watch our curve, which could end up yep. pretty high. Now, we do have the one-mana creature that... Um, that can give us some extra mana. Provided that we can play right. another creature yeah, alongside another creature. Yep. I'll toss that. We've got two copies. I'll, I'll put it in just for now. Yeah. I always love a good combat trick, and this is a nice one. Two mana plus three plus three is a pretty good rate. Plus the reach ain't bad. And we want to play Trollbred Guardian if we're giving all of our stuff Riot, right? Right. It's really good with Riot because it means that they're <laughs> all going to get Trample, which is nice. Yep. Uh, and I, I told you earlier, I'm kind of partial to this Wrecking Beast. So um, yes. Jo Johan MB. We do read the comments. Yep. Yes. Uh, dagger caster is great, and dealing one damage. One damage varies from set to set. This set it's quite relevant because of afterlife. So this card comes down and, and just kills off all your opponent's afterlife tokens, mm. which is a, a pretty big deal. I'm just gonna start tossing these uh, these cards in. Get the scorch mark in. Nice removal spell. Once again, we're gruel, so we really are lined up well for our gruel deck here. Um, and then looking at black. So now is the big question: Do we want to splash either blue or black? And in black, we have these two grotesque demises, which my mind just goes to immediately. Mm -hmm. And if we're blue, we've got Terramander, which is all right. We've got some of these flyers, which are okay. But I'm really I'm thinking if we're going to go, we're going to go yeah, black. Yeah, blue just doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. And, and I notably, I think I want to talk about here is this card I mentioned earlier is very, very strong. It's a great card. draws you some cards. But the danger of splashing a card like this are those two blue mana symbols mm -hmm. in the mana cost. If you splash a card that requires a double color commitment, it's going to be pretty hard to cast because you can't not have... You have to not just draw one blue source, but two blue sources. So that's one reason why I'm kind of pulled away from the blue here. Yeah, if we were going to put blue in, it would be more of a three-color deck than a splash, which right. is always dangerous if you don't have extra fixing beyond the guild gates, which Ab we really don't. Absolutely. So I think I'm going to go um, green-red here, and I might splash... I might try and splash this Grotesque Demise, um, these two Grotesque Demises. We have a Rakdos... Um, Guildgate, which has my attention. And also a Blood Crypt. And a Blood Crypt, so yeah. that's great. And of course, these dual lands are fantastic for fixing your mana. So um, one, one card that we haven't, uh, a couple cards in the artifact section that we haven't talked about. We haven't yeah. talked about Gate Colossus or uh, Glass of the Guild Pact yet. Yeah, so uh, Gate Colossus is really, really strong if you can build around it, if you're playing enough gates. In this deck, I don't think we're going to quite have enough gates to make it worthwhile. We have some other stuff to do at 6 and 7 mana. But especially in draft, if you have enough gates, this card can come down and be brutal. It's easy to get it out on turn 5 or turn 6. It's an 8-8. Eight, eight. It comes back when you play a gate, and your opponent can't block it with their small creatures, which is, which is huge. Glass of the Guild Pact really just depends how many multicolored cards you have. We don't really have enough multicolored creatures, I think, to make it worthwhile. But if you draft around it once again, or you get enough multicolored creatures in your sealed pool, it could absolutely be a good fit for you. So how many cards are we at right now? So let's see. So one thing we're going to look at is, um, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 13. So we're actually at um, 
uh, 24 carats, so we only have to cut one, I think, to, uh, to be perfect. Now, if we're talking about so cutting one, curve. do we do we look at do we look because we're only splashing two cards? Right. We maybe look at cutting those two cards, making the mana better, and then finding the next most reasonable card. Um, or do we keep the power level high and cut uh, something else? And to me, this always depends on your quality of mana fixing. You yeah. know, if I had to play a bunch of swamps in my deck, I would probably get those out of there. But the fact that we have both a Rakdos Guildgate and a Blood Crypt. Makes me think I can probably try playing these. Well, not not to mention those uh, those one drop mana guys, right? One drop mana creatures will mm -hmm. help out too, but it's really really to taste. I mean, it kind of goes both ways. One thing though to keep in mind is Gruel's faster. You want to make sure you're hitting your land drops right. untapped and playing creatures. So splashing is a little bit weaker here than normal, but this card is so strong that I still feel like I should play it. And even what I find is even in limited in sealed deck specifically, when I'm building my deck and I think I'm going to have a really quick aggressive deck, there are plenty of times you just have like a clunky draw or something like that, and the game goes on for a while and you want to get rid of their creatures. So I'm going to keep the demises in here for now. Cool. Um, Blake, you're welcome to take them out later if you, uh, <laughs> if you think I've wronged you. Um, so then we know we need to cut one more card out of these. Maybe one of those, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to cut one yeah, of these here. One of those. This card is okay, but I'm not, I'm not excited by it. Now one thing that I am definitely feeling here is we're going to look at our mana curve. And we, we've got Fortune Creatures, which is a little lower than I want, but specifically we're a little light on two drops, because if you look here, we've got Gravelhide Goblin, which is a nice two drop creature, and Clan Guild Mage, but our other two drops are spells. So this is kind of the point where I'd look back through and see, did I miss anything? And sometimes I'm okay playing a little weaker, um, a little weaker creature if I have to. And uh, unfortunately there's not, not much else there. Now what about, since we're splashing black, uh, what, are, what about Carnival Carnage? Carnival Carnage, yeah. It's Carnival Carnage is um, a, a fine card. That one damage, like I said, is better than normal because yep. of, of Afterlife. The the four mana mode is, is, is fine. Mind Rod is a card that I play sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we could look at playing this card. But not worth splashing, probably. Uh, yeah, I probably wouldn't play it on the splash, I think. Okay. And then, uh, now again, we're splashing. Do you look at the uh, Locket at all? Locket is definitely an option we could be considering here. Um, I Lockets are usually something that I will look at if I am splashing like we're doing. The problem is I want to try and be a little more on the aggressive side, but you know, as I'm looking at this deck, I think it's actually more of a long game deck than a short mm -hmm. game deck. I think sure. of, normally you think Gruel Rakdos mash up, you're going to be attacking and dealing damage. But what I see here are our, are our, is our top end, right? We've got these three drops, these five, uh, these three five drops, excuse me, plus this other five drop, plus these seven drops, which is too many anyway. You should probably cut one of these. Um, <laughs> But the game is going to go on for a little while, and we want to be able to uh, to survive. So I could actually totally see uh, Locket as a great way to help get to those seven mana cards. Mm -hmm. So that's a really nice call out, Blake. Um, so let, let's get that Locket in there. And then I think we should cut one of these seven drops, probably one of the Wrecking Beasts. Seems right. And then we're sitting at, let's see, four, five, six, eleven, sixteen, seventeen. So we maybe have the room to put one card back in, actually, looks like. Five, six, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So. We can add one card if we want it. I keep looking for that two drop that's not there. Mm -hmm. um, and I know once again it's tempting to be like, oh, you need two drops, try these black two drops. But our black two drops really are on the splash. Um, you know, you could play the Spear Spewer, but that's not really what this kind of slower deck wants to be doing. I mean, do we go Do we go with another locket? We've got a yeah. gold locket. Yeah. Uh, the, the cards I'm considering at this point, I think, are um, either the locket, the cinder vines, or, I know it's kind of an unusual choice, but the debtor's transport. I was thinking about because that too. Because 
by turn six, we'll probably have one of our black sources, mm -hmm. and this is a, kind of another slow card. But our deck is full of these five drop creatures. So I think I just want to play a locket, because you curve your three mana locket and do your five drop. So that's yep. exactly how we want to be curving out in this deck. So I, I don't often play two lockets, but in this case, I'll, uh, I'll go for it. So there's a, there's a, this is a fast build. Now, if I was doing this at a pre-release, they'll give you a lot of time. They'll give you probably a half hour, mm -hmm. something like that, to build your deck, maybe even 40 minutes. What I would do at this point is, Gruul looked really good initially because of those cards that pulled us in, but at this point I might think, okay, well this Gruul deck is all right, but let me set it off to the side for a second and see what my other colors might do. And I might try building an Orzhov deck, or maybe even rejiggering this a little bit, because maybe what I'm supposed to do is actually play black-red and then splash these two green removal spells right yeah. here. Right, that would also be an option. We're not going to go through all that on stream because we're getting getting close to the end. It's here. about that yeah. time. It's about that um, time. But that just gives you a few options of what you could be doing and kind of show you how many options you can have in any given sealed pool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Gavin, for joining us and teaching us all about pre-release. Yeah. Um, next up, Kenji. Actually, I think Kenji might already be streaming. Yeah, probably. Um, but next week we're going next week here on Weekly MTG. Uh, we're going to have a couple of the Magic Pro League players. Oh, exciting! Oh, right, wow. right in these seats. Um, they're going to be. We're going to have a bunch of them in the office next week uh, for a whole thing. But a couple of them are going to stop by. I think it's going to be Brad Nelson and Luis Salvato, um, which might be news to them. Uh, <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> but but don't quote me on that. Um, after that, we have a very exciting show. We do. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, what's happening, Steve? Uh, well, we've got somebody that a lot of our fans might know, the professor from Tularian Community College, yep. uh, coming here to Weekly MTG to play, uh, well, not play, I guess ask us fact or fiction on a lot of things yep, having to do with Wizards of the many, Coast. Many, many questions about things uh, he thinks or things the internet thinks, and Steve and I are going to smack it down and say, no, that's not, no, that's not, that's, we're going to, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to answer fact or fiction, and yeah. then we, we may embellish a little bit on yeah. why it is fact or But fiction. if you're, if you're interested in getting some questions answered, you know, that's a show I wouldn't want to miss. That's yep. our uh, last show of January, I believe, January 31st. And, and if is. you have questions you want answered, reach out to these folks or the professor and just yep. throw them Absolutely. questions their way. Absolutely, I know Prof uh, reached out on Twitter uh, last week. Yeah, yeah when so we announced the schedule. Feel free to send him more questions. Feel free to send me more questions. Uh, I'm at Blake PR. I'm at Steve Sanu. Yep. You can just tweet me if you want. No yeah. questions or questions. At Gavin Verhage is my name. <laughs> um, so thank you for joining us this week. We'll see you next week on Weekly. Have MTG. a great pre release, everybody. I hope you have a blast. <laughs>